Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Distinguishing between your life and your life situation. In this episode... Eckhart jokes with an audience about getting a call from the Star Wars Galactic Fleet. He then turns to practical matters when he discusses returning home after being away on a retreat. He says, we all have a life situation which includes relationships, work, finances, and physical health, all burdens we carry with us even when we're on vacation. Eckhart cautions against having our consciousness completely absorbed by problems. He says, our real life is in the present moment, which should only unfold in the here and now, not in the past, nor in the future. He believes the profound difference between our life and our life situation is where our awareness remains. More questions have been coming in. I got my phone here too. Just in case there are any more questions coming in. Or I might get a call from the commander of the Galactic Fleet. <laughs> I distinguish between your life situation and your life. Life situation is whatever your past that has brought you here, all the circumstances of your life that at the moment are kind of temporarily on ice, so to speak, because you're here on a retreat. But then, of course, when you go back home, you will re-enter the circumstances of your life. Everybody has a set of circumstances, relationships, work, finances, home situation, physical health. So you re-enter your life situation and of course I don't know to what extent each one of you have been while you were here carrying perhaps the burden of your life situation even here in a totally different environment you carry it in your mind obviously that these are the all the problematic things that exist in your life situation. If there are no problematic things, other challenging things in your life situation, then I congratulate you. <laughs> However, we don't know how long that will last. It's important not to continuously, not only here, but in your daily life, not to have your consciousness continuously absorbed in the various challenges of your life situation, which is 
always want past and future, but to return your attention as much as possible every day during your daily activities, return your attention to the present moment, which is where your life is. It unfolds in the present moment. And there are many opportunities for doing that. And that's a little art that you can develop when you, as when you are engaged in waiting or moving from here to there or taking a break. It doesn't matter for how long, returning your attention to the present moment. And that usually means the stream of thinking slows down and then it may subside for a while. It doesn't matter for how long. And awareness remains. And as I said before, the personality of the person also recedes and instead of being a person, you are conscious presence. Now some of you may be able to just decide to enter the present. Let's say you've been involved in talking on the phone or Zoom calls. That's what people do these days. Even I do it sometimes. Now, another question is, were you completely lost in the whatever discussion was happening on Zoom? Were you completely in your mind? Or were you able to have some of your attention on the inner energy field? A good thing if it's, uh, it sounds a little bit too vague to say, have your attention on awareness or, or no, feel the awareness. The inner body is a good portal into awareness. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through... It's true magic, because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. So while you are watching people on Zoom and feel the inner body while you listen and even while you speak that keeps some of your attention within being present usually involves the entire body if you can if, especially if you're sitting somewhere and you're present being present is not a head phenomenon it's an entire body phenomenon so to, when you feel, when you become present, almost inevitably, you will feel the entire inner body being alive in a very subtle way. You feel the aliveness from head to toe. You feel your body is alive and that is part 
of being present. And it happens naturally. So you, when, you, when you become present, you automatically become present within the entire energy field of the body. Or if you, you can also use it the other way around, you can direct your attention into the body and use that to become present. <laughs> and that is, uh, you can verify that in your own experience here and now. Be completely attentive to the present moment. This is what is, feel. You're obviously aware of sense perceptions, but deeper than that, you're aware of yourself but not the usual historical self, but the deeper sense of beingness, that's yourself at a deeper level, which the Buddha calls the no-self. <laughs> Be aware of yourself in any situation, not the narrative of you, which is the historical self, but something much more immediate and much more direct, that is the sense of beingness or presence that pervades the entire body, not just in the head. And so you, you, one could almost say every cell of the body becomes present, a little bit more alive, it feels alive. Breathing helps too, if you don't feel it very strongly yet, a few deep breaths, conscious breaths into the body, let the the flow of, of the breath reach the abdomen, although the air doesn't reach the abdomen, your attention can go as you breathe in into the body and your attention then moves down into the, it rides on the intake of the air, so to speak, your attention <laughs> rides on the air and, and it goes, and then you're into the belly, the abdomen, and that is also a good starting point for body awareness. You feel as you breathe in and out a few times with each in-breath, the abdomen expands slightly. And then with the out-breath, it just deflates, is that the word? With slightly shrinks. That's a good thing. I have to shrink my belly. doesn't shrink for very long. <laughs> the belly is very important in uh, Zen also, the Hara, uh, as an energy center. So you feel a sense of aliveness. It starts here and then it spreads throughout the body. Um, another good thing is when you do these are all little, you could call it meditations or practices or something that just happens almost naturally after a while. Uh, when you want to, you're to we're talking about returning to the present moment or even better, staying in the background, continue to stay present even while you're engaged in doing things in the world. But if you, uh, 
until, until you reach that stage where you're able to stay present even while you're engaged in daily activities, then at least if you are not able to do that yet, do is not a doing, but it's just language. If you're not able to do that yet, then return to presence, to the present moment as much as frequently as possible in your daily life. So until you, there's always some presence, awareness of yourself, which is another way of speaking of presence. It's the awareness of yourself. Now, when I talk about it, I formulate a sentence with words and immediately a duality arises. Awareness of yourself, I say, <laughs> um, because I'm talking about it. But these are not two things. There isn't the awareness that is aware of yourself. The awareness is the self that is self-aware. So when we break it up into language, inevitably we create a duality. Uh, that's just how language operates. A sentence has a subject and an object. So then you can say, I, can, I am aware of the awareness it has broken it up into two, <laughs> but it's one. It's awareness becoming self-aware, one could say. <clears throat> so, but when we talk about it, duality immediately arises, but there is no duality there. Um, so the, as you gradually move towards uh, living more and more consciously, at first, as I said, you may need to return to presence frequently, and you do that by, you can, as an entry point, use your breath, or go immediately into the body, or allow the breath to take your attention into the body, and even one minute is fine. Sometimes I say, even one conscious breath is a mini-meditation. One conscious breath, it, it's the in-breath and the out-breath. One conscious breath, it takes about, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds. I, I haven't actually counted it. It, it. The length varies from person to person. When you take a conscious breath, automatically it becomes a little longer than it would normally be when you're breathing unconsciously, which is most of the time. So most of the time you're breathing, but you don't know you're breathing. You don't even have to remember to breathe because you would soon die. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, gone. <laughs> so breathing is something that happens to you. One can't, yes, you can regulate your breathing. You can make it deeper, but it is something that beyond extending the length of your breath or regulating your breath, you don't, don't have a choice in the matter. You don't have a choice. I don't believe anybody has ever committed suicide by deciding not to breathe anymore. So you, the little unhappy person, wants to die, but something in you says, no, not yet. Something in you wants to continue to live for a while, and you can't stop it. 
So breathing is an unconscious process, but this it's always there. And spiritually speaking, to make this unconscious process conscious is one of the most ancient spiritual practices, going back to the time of the Buddha and beyond, the awareness of your breath. So to, you couple the, the breath with awareness, the, the awareness moves with the breath. So one conscious breath is already a gain in consciousness because while you are taking this one conscious breath, which goes like this, and notice at the end of the in-breath, there's a slight cessation of breath for maybe one or two seconds. That's an important still point. And then the out-breath happens. Let's do it one more time. And the point the in, at the end of the in-breath, your attention has reached the abdominal area. And it is there where you experience the cessation between the two breaths, between the in-breath and the out-breath. In the abdominal area, there you can sense that the energy that is there at that still point at the end of the out the, the end of the outburst and the, the in breast the outburst hasn't happened yet. It is ah. so and it feels so good that you would will probably want to take another conscious breath after one. <laughs> and you might even take three. In the midst of your busy life, three conscious can you make time for three conscious breaths? <laughs> you could put it on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> When is my next conscious breath due? <laughs> In six minutes, okay. I can't wait. <laughs> and then of course you have the famous excuse in the human mind that, that says, I can't do it now. Uh, not, not now, God, I mean, just so much to deal with here. Leave me alone, I can't. All that spiritual thing comes later, but not now. I'm too busy. Can't you see? <laughs> it's a lie, of course, because everybody, unless you engage in an emergency situation, you need to get to the hospital or you need to take someone to the hospital or you administer first aid or something like that, then don't take three conscious breaths. <laughs> but otherwise, many opportunities, the minimum is one. But as I said, you may like it so much because it's such a qualitative difference between your normal state of consciousness and that, that you immediately you can sense that, that difference and you can sense that power that you have touched. And so 
two or three would be good. And what, how long is three cons? I don't know, a minute and a half or a minute, I don't know, I haven't measured it. A very uh, wonderful practice to do that several times a day is actually more powerful than one longer meditation period a day. Although you can have both. But if you had a choice of either one long meditation period a day or two, or several times during the day, take three conscious breaths, the three conscious breaths several times a day would be more effective in changing your state of consciousness because then the important thing is you your daily life become interspersed with spaces of awareness, presence, instead of having one compartment when you meditate and the rest of your life you're as unconscious as everybody else. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. The famous example of the man who has a family and says, okay, I need to meditate now. It's just was so had a terrible day. I just need to come. And then he goes in his study. And then the door opens and the little daughter comes in. Daddy, daddy. And the, the spiritual daddy says, oh, forget sake, can't you see I'm meditating? not integrated awareness not integrated into ordinary with with ordinary life <laughs> by the way if you do meditate and you probably know this because i'm sure there are many experienced meditators here if you do have meditation periods in whatever technique you use eventually every technique is designed to take you to the realization of being and that's good. Maybe it'll maybe it works as long as you don't give it the idea of needing to achieve something. Then you bring in time, and that will prevent you from the realization of being, which is now, can only be now. So that idea of okay, I'm trying to get somewhere. Well, don't try to get anywhere because you're there already. You are already. You are. I am. And so are you. <laughs> and anything that disturbs you during the meditation must immediately be incorporated into the meditation. Any disturbing sound, whatever it may be, or a sensation in the body, there's a little pain arising there, whatever. Usually when you meditate, all kinds of sounds happen around you and immediately they're part of the meditation become incorporated. Let's say there's a you're meditating, there's a pneumatic drill, you know these things, I don't know what they're called here. 
they're breaking up the surface of the street outside the world. One of the worst noises you can imagine. If you're a good meditator, you'd immediately welcome that sound as part of your meditation. And it creates no resistance. Then you're the Buddha. <laughs> but here, these three breaths, many times during the day, and if you absolutely don't have enough time, one is fine too, better than nothing, definitely. Many times during the day, you breathe in, hold for one or two seconds, and while you hold, you feel it here. It has expanded, and then the out-breath happens. And if you are really following the breath with your attention, you are not thinking. You cannot be thinking at the same time. If you think, you're not following the breath with your attention. So that's why it's a very effective way of stopping the addiction to useless thinking, overthinking. So that's a return to the present moment and it makes you feel more alive. And then gradually, even while you're engaged in doing, you may be able to hold the attention in the background, so to speak, to continue to be aware of yourself as the experiencing presence in any situation. And that is what I call, as I mentioned earlier, having the foot in both dimensions to be present within and without, because externally also you are present with what's going on, and then you have some presence, awareness in the inner energy field, you're aware that you are. Initially, I recommend you practice that while, when, let's say you're engaged with other human beings, talking, whatever it may be. At first, you practice it particularly when you're listening to somebody while they are talking and you are listening. And while you listen, feel the, the presence within per pervading the body. So you're there and, and there you're listening. Yes, your attention is on the words, but some of your attention is in the I am, the presence. And you feel it, you're there. Your entire body is present while you, while you listen. And you're not preparing the next thing you're going to say. Then your contribution, if it's a discussion or a meeting, your contribution will be more inspired or creative if it comes out of the present moment and the realization comes of what it is that you need to say and then you speak. And so while listening is important, not many people are able to really listen because good listening implies being present. And you're not only listening to the words, you're also aware of the other, so-called other person's beingness. It's not just the words that are important when somebody is speaking to you. You're also aware of their essence behind the words. 
but you can only do that if you are aware of it's only through your own essence that you can be aware of theirs and then the most the most uh, difficult thing is um, to stay present in a discussion a heated discussion maybe now what is a heated discussion a heated discussion is that people are emotionally involved in defending their mental positions that's a heated discussion the heat is the emotion <laughs> so and this this happens very often people get involved in heated discussions they have mental positions thoughts that they completely identify with opinions viewpoints which are thoughts but you don't only you don't have a, an opinion or a viewpoint you are if you're unconscious, if there's not enough awareness, you are possessed by your opinion or your viewpoint. It has you, you don't have it. <laughs> the thought has you, you don't have the thought. It occupies your mind. You are possessed by certain bundles of thoughts, which are you, that's your opinion. Now, because you are identified, you derive your sense of self from them, meaning anybody who questions or even attacks verbally your opinions or viewpoints will unconsciously be regarded as an enemy. <laughs> the, because that person is not attacking just your viewpoint in your uh, unconsciousness, the, this person is attacking your very self because you have, have identified with the viewpoint, with the opinion. It's, it has become yourself. And so that this, our discussion becomes heated or even violent. Some people start shouting and screaming. And then it can even lead to physical violence in, if you're very unconscious. For nothing quite often. Just because two people have different opinions. But they're not just opinions. They are thoughts that have taken possession of your mind. And they pretend to be you. And they want to survive in you. They are little, one could almost say, parasitic entities that live in your mind. In the, you're not, you have no immunity if there's no awareness. You have no immunity against parasitic entities in your mind. Thoughts that, that won't go away. You see it all the time. So this is, leads to a lot of extreme dysfunctional behavior and so on but it's all, it goes down to that some people adopt collective thoughts that millions of people also have often these days through these things or bigger screens too they enter your mind and then they they lodge themselves in your mind and they and then you think this is what i believe well it, it is what you believe and that in itself would not be a problem it may actually quite possibly be more rational than somebody else's belief I'm not saying every belief is equally valid some beliefs are obviously absurd but you would be surprised how many people are identified completely with totally irrational and absurd beliefs almost as absurd as a, as a saying two plus two is four, uh, is five. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. 
so it may well be that your opinions or viewpoints are perhaps more uh, uh, in alignment with reality than somebody else's, that's possible. But the important thing is, even though your viewpoint may be more aligned with reality and maybe more rational, there's still the danger that you completely identify with that viewpoint and even that viewpoint that may be more rational than somebody else's, by complete identification, could still pull you into unconsciousness. And you would still become very upset and you could still regard the other as, as your mortal enemy. So even though, yes, there is a qualitative difference in beliefs, but even if your belief is rational and certainly the other person's belief is totally irrational, there's still the danger that even your rational belief could pull you into unconsciousness in the absence of awareness. So that's where you have to be careful it's not enough to be objectively right in something, <laughs> although it's better than to be objectively wrong, but it's not enough to be objectively right because even if you're objectively right, you could still be pulled into unconsciousness through lack of awareness and then you start fighting and the other becomes almost a demon to you. You identified with thought, and that's ego. It's always ego. If you have rational viewpoints, then probably, and, and other people, many others have irrational viewpoints, probably there's already a certain degree of awareness in you so that you're able to still, you haven't lost the ability to think rationally because it can easily be lost if there's no awareness at all. The weirdest idea can take possession of your mind and often it does. The strangest thing can take possession and then that's what you believe. You have no idea where that came from, but you're completely identified with it. That has happened throughout history. It's in certain time periods, collective beliefs that are totally irrational can take over an entire nation or, or groups of people. Be very careful with the, the ego's need to be right that is associated with identification with the mental position. If you identify with the mental position, you have an enormous compulsion or need to be right and to prove the other wrong, because that's how the ego survives. The ego could not tolerate saying, oh, I was wrong. That would be the, a, a little death to the ego, because it identified with the position. So be very careful when you're engaged in discussions with other people, feel so that you don't have this emotional, you're in the grip of an emotional need to be right. You may be objectively right, but you still become unconscious by defending a mental position emotionally and make the other person into your enemy. Everybody needs to be extremely careful here so that uh, you don't get taken over by mental parasites. That can happen either on an individual level or collectively. Parasitic thoughts that just feed on you and you think that's you.
but most of you are already beyond that anyway. So I highly recommend three breaths uh, several times a day. It sounds like a medicine. Take it five times a day, <coughs> but not on a full stomach. <laughs> Breath and spirit, uh, traditionally in many spiritual traditions, are re go together, are related. There's something about breath that is related to spirit. It's also formless. Breath is also formless. I also, as you know, I sometimes often recommend while you're waiting for something to be present instead of looking at your phone, be, be present while you're waiting, no matter even if it's just for the elevator, while you're waiting, be present. But you may not be able to just step into presence without any technique or, or entry point, so use the breath. Let's you're waiting at the elevator for maybe let's say it takes a minute, this is quite a long time for many, many people think oh, one minute you can't Wow, this, where is it? Can't wait much longer. <laughs> you can look for your next Tinder date. <laughs> so while you're waiting at the elevator, conscious breath. And it's still not there, which means there's another conscious breath coming. Abdomen. And out. And here there's always a brief cessation of the breath when it reaches the end of the in-breath. Oh. It's so good that you might even hope that the elevator won't be coming for a while. <laughs> and immediately, no thought. You're out of your thinking. The Buddha, as far as we can tell, from script, many of the Buddhist scriptures that we read come actually from a later age. They were attributed to the Buddha, but you see, well, probably not. Uh, but there are some things about the Buddha's teaching that seem to me to come to directly from him. The main things are breath awareness, anapanasati yoga, the awareness of the ingoing and outgoing breath, very powerful meditation and uh, vipassana, which is the meditation on the inner body. Vipassana meditation. Those two are very powerful meditations. And the Buddha, I don't think the Buddha ever said, stop thinking. All he said is, observe your breath. It's the same thing. Observer breath means stop thinking because you cannot observe your breath and think at the same time. So Vipassana, is a, some of you may know, is an inner body awareness, but a very structured, slow-moving inner body awareness that you can start wherever you start with your feet and then gradually you feel every part of the body gradually, can take a long time and then 
finally you bring it all together into one and some people may need that they may need a very structured approach others may be able to just enter the body with their awareness the best starting points are either your hands or the belly and if you start with the belly that's how I teach it start with the belly then a good thing is to breathe into the belly and abdomen and there the feeling of aliveness then spreads out from there into the rest of the body and there you are then you have a global sense of aliveness and you are present with the entire energy field if you are not able to do that well the hands is another good starting point because some people when i talk about this especially in talks in big cities many people have come i have never heard of anything spiritual or meditation they said, what are you talking about inner body awareness feel the inner body what what does that mean feel the inner body also but you come into contact with people who you think might be helped by this instead of talking about presence and transcendence of the egoic state of consciousness uh, uh, your uncle or your mother-in-law may not be able to follow you there but they may be suffering mentally so you can say let's play a little game well hopefully they'll do it they close your eyes hold your hands like this and keep your eyes closed is there any way you can know without moving your hand or touching anything is there any way you can know whether your right hand still exists or not how can you know don't move your hand don't touch anything how can you know whether your right hand exists or not can you know it now if a person is very much mind identified they'll say of course it does i just saw it a second ago <laughs> so it exists as a memory in the mind but that's of course not what you're referring to you say at this moment can you know and that will force the person to move their attention there and then suddenly realize there's actually such a thing as a feeling of hand and that is the beginning of the inner body oh yeah i can feel it and then as if you leave your attention there you can tell them if you leave your attention there then it gets a little stronger that feeling of the aliveness in your hand oh that's interesting and the, and of course another thing that happens also here very little thinking can survive when you put your attention anywhere in the body so and then with this person that you're practicing with your family member or whatever then you say well let's do the other hand at the same time can you feel both hands at the same time are they still there is the left hand also still there yes i can feel it now are you able to bring the feeling of hand together so that simultaneously you feel your left and your right hand oh yes okay can you feel your feet in the same way oh now they're getting used to it okay yeah and then you can work up with legs right and then the entire body and then they know what inner body awareness is and that for some people that's enough that they need to can change their entire life 
if they practice that. They may, may not want to go any further in this lifetime. <laughs> Just inner body awareness can be enough for some people, can be good enough. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.